All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, we are digging deeper into the Psalms. This week, Psalm 22, that great and wonderful psalm that leads us through Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, and all the great weight that is in that psalm in those days. So this will be a little bit of a difference. I will probably do this a little more often with some of the more prominent psalms that we have, but I will have the study, and then I will end the podcast this week with the chanting of Psalm 22 taken from the Monday-Thursday stripping of the altar this past Monday-Thursday at Our Savior in Milford. So here we have Psalm 22. To the choir master, according to the doe of the dawn, a psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued, in you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me, they make mouths at me, they wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death, for dogs encompass me. A company of evil doers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him, and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. So far, Psalm 22. So let's go back and dig through some of the bigger and deeper phrases in this psalm. 
Back to verse 1. Those words from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These are those three hours of darkness between the sixth and the ninth hours on Good Friday. That time where Jesus is suspended between heaven and earth, cursed and rejected by everyone, suffering the torments of hell. So yes, he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Why is he so far? Because Jesus is fulfilling his destiny as our Savior. He is fulfilling his role as the Messiah. He is that propitiation for our sins, that sacrifice that cannot be undone, but the sacrifice that leads to everlasting life and not being forsaken by God. That's why I'm entitling this episode, Christ is Forsaken by God for You. He gets forsaken so that you will not be. We move on into verse 6, but I am a worm and not a man scorned by mankind and despised by the people. This is the utter shame and humiliation of crucifixion. He is there writhing, bleeding, naked, suffering the shame of all mankind, suffering the punishment that you and I deserve. He took it so that we would be saved from it. Therefore, he is a worm and not a man. He is scorned by mankind and despised by the people because no one wants to associate with someone who has been crucified. Just like many people today, regardless of the method of the death penalty, many people will try to distance anyone who has been given the punishment of the death penalty regardless of how close a relationship they might have had. We move on into verses 7 and 8. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Where do we hear that? The crucifixion. Mark chapter 15, verses 29 through 32. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priest with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. So we have this. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. Mark uses the same exact words. Why? Because David is not talking about himself. He is talking about his descendant, Jesus. His Savior. His Son and his Lord. Who, yes, would be mocked by everyone. Would have everyone making mouths at him and wagging their heads. Deriding him because he thinks... He trusts in God. He thinks God likes him. Let him save him. Or let him save himself if he is truly the Son of God. We move on into verses 9 through 11. 
Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. This is very similar to what Jeremiah has at the beginning of his prophecies. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Just as Jeremiah was consecrated from before his conception to be the prophet to the nations, so also, even before the world was created, Jesus was consecrated to be the Messiah, the one who would take on human flesh, the one who would die the death of sin and rise again for everlasting life. Not just for him, but for all of us. We move on into verse 13. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. Peter picks this up in 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Although I am not a big fan of the gore of the passion of the Christ, it is a very realistic, very in tune showing of the passion of our Lord, showing what exactly happened on Good Friday. And one of the best scenes is while Jesus is going down the Via Dolorosa, that the devil is snaking in and out of the crowd, laughing, giggling, in great delight because Jesus is about to be crucified. He's about to die. And the lion that had been seeking the big meal was about to consume him. And if you've ever heard Chrysostom's Easter sermon, you see what happens to that. And I may bring that out in a different time because there are a couple other psalms that deal better with what Chrysostom is saying in his Easter vigil psalm. But we move on to verses 14 and 15. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. St. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 6, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. That crown of life is what Jesus has won for each of us by being poured out like water, by all of his bones being out of joint, but none of them being broken, as we will see also again 
in a moment. But that crown of righteousness that Paul and all believers are looking forward to in heaven, that was won on the cross. That was won by Jesus being melted and dried up so that we might have his true life. Verses 16 to 18, For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Again, we go back to the Passion. This time from Matthew chapter 27, verses 32 to 35. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. They pierced his hands and his feet. He can count all his bones. They're all still there. None of them are broken, even though they are pushed out of joint. This is one of the great mysteries and great insights of the Romans and their method of crucifixion is that they could do it and not break any of the bones as they put the spikes into the hands and feet. None of the bones are broken because the Passover lamb could have no broken bones. And if Jesus Christ is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, if he is the true Passover lamb, none of his bones can be broken either. And then, of course, they divide their garments among them and cast lots for his clothing as they sit down and stare and gloat over him. We move on to verse 22. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. We have Jesus appearing to Mary Magdalene after Peter and John have left the tomb on Easter morning. And she thinks he's the gardener, is wondering where he has placed Jesus. And Jesus speaks her name. And then she runs to tell Peter and James and John and Andrew and all the rest of the apostles that Jesus is risen, that he is alive, and that she has seen him. And so also the angels in the telling of the Easter story also tell the women to go and tell the disciples, to stand in the midst of the congregation of the disciples of Jesus Christ and proclaim that he is raised from the dead. And then we move to verses 27 and 28. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nation shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. We link back to, not the passion, but to Abraham and the promises given to him in chapters 12 and 17 of Genesis. From chapter 12, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you will all the families of the earth be blessed. Abram was the man through whom all nations would be blessed. Not because he was so righteous but because he was the chosen ancestor from all the people in the world at the time. 
He is the one chosen to be the ancestor of the Messiah. And God further brings us along in chapter 17, verses 15 and 16. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. All the kings and all the ends of the earth and all the families of the nations shall worship before God because kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. He is the one who chose Israel when it was just Abram and Sarai, a 75 and 65-year-old couple who had no children. And he promised them that he would make them nations, that kings would come out of them. Because the true king, God himself, was going to be down the line from them. God in the flesh, in Christ, who would reign on the most inauspicious throne. He reigned from the cross. But now, being crucified, dead, buried, raised, and ascended into heaven, he now sits on his glorious throne that was his from before all time. And there, he continues to rule over the nations. We can go about our day not worried about what the nations say, what the government says, whether it's the federal government, the state government, the local government. Their words have power, their words have meaning, their words have force, but only in their sphere of influence and only in their time. But God... His word endures forever. All right, that's all for this week for Psalm 22. I'm going to sign off now, but I will put the chanting of Psalm 22 from Monday, Thursday on the end of this. Until next time, this is Pastor Doug Minton wishing you God's richest blessings as you dig deeper into the scriptures so you can wrestle with theology this week. Amen. My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him. 
for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from my birth. And from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. And there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me. Like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. And all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death, for dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me, they have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones, they stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. And stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who look to seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nation shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. 
Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it.